All right, so we can hear everything. Everything's good on the audio end. We're going to give this a shot, man. Sure. What right does a man have to rule another? The thing is so bad, ladies and gentlemen, that if I invented a particular device, pretty soon I'd have to get a permit from the state to use my own product. You cannot get rid of tyranny by fighting tyrants for a very good reason. Tyranny doesn't exist independently of something else, which is more important. There is a something else which has to be defined before you know what tyranny is. What's that? It's opposite. Freedom. They are not independent of each other. These are not two different things which are at opposite ends of the pole. They are one thing of which the one is a negation of the other. They say, why don't you get into politics? I mean, why don't you try to run for office? Then you can create change. You don't create change when you're in office. They tell you what to do. This is how we create change, by getting this information out to the masses. We can do more in one year than someone can sitting in office for eight years. Together they can break us, we are strong. Divide us and the road leads to destruction. Don't you fall a prey to Babylon. They want to pull us all in different directions. So they take you from the root and teach you their own truth. Open up your mind, please don't you be so blind. I'm not in it for the fame, I'm in it for the love. When it's all said and done, we're more than blood. That's right, welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I'm your host, Jake Counts, coming to you live here from Sonoya, Georgia, home literally and figuratively of The Walking Dead. Josh Wiley is riding shotgun with us tonight as usual. Statelesshomesteading.com and... I don't know. You've been bouncing around the circuit a little bit. How's it going, Josh? Oh, not bad. Not bad. Statelesshomesteading.com that is uh, currently down. But Good. <laughs> it, my content usually lives there. All right. i got to call the hosting company. It'll be back up soon. <laughs> well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for staying with us, everybody. We've seen a, a, a nice increase in, in the um, adoption rate of our podcast, I guess. Well, it's kind of hard to tell the growth because we haven't done one in like eh, three months. So, sorry about that. I was sick for the entire month of December, pretty much. And uh, roles have been reversed. Now, Josh Wiley is now our full-time working stiff. So, things have changed a little bit, but uh, everything's still good. So, for those of you new to the show, we've got a little things that we do here that we like to do to entertain each other because and entertain you, because this is what it's all about. So, Josh is our foul-mouthed millennial, so every time that you hear Josh... Make a, I don't know, potty statement. He'll get a millennial coin, which would be one of these. And then um, we always have the uh, token Mario Bros. effect. So that's for any point that we want to make. So, Josh, I have a feeling that we might be using some millennial coins. Tell us how you're calling the podcast today. What kind of equipment? What are you equipmenting right now, Josh? I'm on a fucking post-2015 MacBook. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was, uh, this has been an interesting experience. It's taken us about almost a full hour to get online with each other on Skype. So, uh, mainly due to my uh, inefficiencies and, and driver issues, but, uh, some of Josh's as well. So he's had a, he's had a blast, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we have to start the show the way that we left the last one. And that's, um, this is your flu update, everyone. So, don't forget, they hey, they guessed it a whole 10% this year, Josh. Did you hear? Wow. 
Wow, they're getting better every year. <laughs> a, a whole 10% is, uh, is still better than a 480p webcam in a 2017 laptop. <laughs> Ooh, that's a move. I jest. Uh, here we go. And so here's your flu update, everybody. Go uh, get ready. I'm going to take a look in your throat here, okay? The new numbers from the CDC are no surprise to Dr. Kate Katzung, okay. another patient with flu-like symptoms ending up in her ER. Good. So far this flu season, a staggering 41,719 cases have been reported, nearly three times more than this time last season. Christian got it on the 21st, then Jacob got it the 23rd, then I got it the 26th. (coughs) Outside Portland, Oregon, the Frazier family fell like dominoes. Four children crippled by the flu. (laughs) Crippled, love it. Jamie is still sick today. Christmas consisted of um, the ones who were sick wearing surgical masks to open their presents and then pretty much going back and laying in all of our beds again. It turns out the Frazier family was hit with two strains of the flu, even though the kids had their flu shot. Oh, that's too bad. Last year at this time, the outbreak was widespread in 12 states. This year, 46. Josh, how did they get the flu if they had the shot? I don't get it. I thought you were protected. It's safe and effective. Oh, that's what it doesn't say that you're protected. It says it's safe and effective. That's what it is. Well, isn't that what's really important, Jake? At the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day. Okay, that it's, that it's safe and effective. Absolutely, Gosh. it's safe and I effective. Like the, I like the fell like dominoes imagery. Isn't that great? And they were still crippled. I like the crippled. That was a good one too. They were crippled from the flu, as opposed <laughs> to being crippled from the flu vaccine, um, and. Did you did you catch the flu-like illness, which you mentioned on the previous podcast? So I had oh, to give you a millennial coin in stride. Flu-like illnesses. This is a joke. I, I remember it would have been in 2013, 2014 time frame. I had a real nasty flu-like illness in January of this year, around this time, actually. And I went to the state of Michigan's uh, infectious disease department to look at the statistics for last year's, uh, or no, for that month's actually reported medical uh, ailments related to flu. ICD-10 compliant state. So we get all that fun data and pipeline it to our government where it's safe and where it belongs. And I believe, Jake, there were around 200 reported cases that month of flu, of, of a strain of influenza like an identified strain of influenza. Mm-hmm. There were 14,000 cases <laughs> for flu-like illness. Oh. What does, Jake, what does, that, what does that even mean? And and people out there listening, maybe I'm just going crazy, but I, I remember when I was a kid or even somewhat into young adulthood, you could get a, a an illness, a flu or a cold, and say, oh, yeah, this feels like a flu. Mm-hmm. Or this is a this is a cold, and I have all the symptoms of one of those two disorders. Correct. Nowadays, you get these weird <laughs> hybrid viruses that like eat your lungs from the inside, but don't actually give you a fever, but still wipe you out for yep. two weeks. And yep. What is that? What even is that? I don't oh, know, man. Sh- if you if you have kids, it's called uh, it's called November, uh, and then in you just it spirals from there. So, well, but. It's, it's called people go get a fucking cocktail of 
10 to 15 viruses every other season. And uh, I don't know, maybe the immune system responds in crazy ways and and we could just create hundreds of thousands of different strains of flu-like illness. That and the uh, antibiotics that everybody pumps out, that doesn't help either. It's in, it's an insane theory, I know. Crazy. <laughs> but I'm just throwing it out there. What's that? If you're I'm not a medical professional, Jake, so I'm not I'm truly not qualified to be talking about this at all, but for you medical prof- trained medical professionals out there, the guys who are allowed to administer the flu shots, and prescribe lots of Xanax and opioids. Mm-hmm. Just uh, could you weigh in on this for us? <laughs> Call, email Jake. There you go. We are not cattle at gmail.com. So moving off of the flu, we got some people, Josh, that um, that uh, do you remember the statues, how everybody was tearing down the stat or wanted to tear down and deface the statues here in America and that kind of. That's kind of fizzled out a little bit. As they, they should, yeah. Destroying, okay. destroying the old uh, era of white supremacy. Absolutely. So, as a, as a straight white cis Southern male, <laughs> you know, you should be a little more uh, tolerant of these things. That's all I'm saying. But I'm just saying that uh, some people actually might be targeting the uh, the right white people. South Africa in recent weeks, protests have once again erupted on campuses across the country. The demonstrations, known as Fees Must Fall, aimed at reducing tuition costs, stem from the painful history of apartheid. And just as in the disputes here over Confederate monuments, the symbols of South Africa's past are being fought over today. Okay, and in no way, shape, or form are the Southerners anywhere close to what this guy did. But here we go. Jeffrey Brown was recently in South Africa for his ongoing series, Culture at Risk. High above Cape Town at the southern tip of Africa, a stately memorial to Cecil John Rhodes, the British-born 19th century diamond magnate and colonial conqueror. But notice the bust of Rhodes. His nose has been hacked off. It was on the nearby campus of the prestigious University of Cape Town with a historically white majority student body that protests over another prominent statue of Rhodes set off a national debate in South Africa two years ago when student activists started what became known as the Rhodes Must Fall movement. Hey, all right, movement I can get behind. A symbol of the oppression of black people. Amen. He is a pretty darn good symbol of the oppression of black people. You are exactly right, sir. I'll give you one for that. What do you think, Josh? <laughs> oh, man. I I know it's probably tied up in a lot of political movements that I would find abhorrent. Mm-hmm. But that being said... <laughs> Targeting the right people, at least. <laughs> I, I enjoy that. I mean, if any, if any statue deserves a face job... It's uh, that of Cecil John Rhodes, Captain Paint Africa, British Red. Be lucky that you were born an Englishman, for you've already won the genetic lottery. All this nonsense. Yes. <laughs> nonsense, Cecil. It's okay. But, um, so I got a couple I gotta, of different... I gotta give him credit, though. What's that? They're not hacking his face off for the roundtable movement, so... N- nah. <laughs> it's, it's success. It's success is guaranteed. <laughs> All right. So maybe, maybe maybe we could assume Jake that this is this is actually Illuminati messaging. It could be. It's and it's just for us that that the the nose of Cecil John Rhodes has been hacked off to 
to to let to let the world know those who watch that a, a new era has begun in globalism, and it's because of Bitcoin, which is the mark of the beast currency. All right. Can slay well, us all. now, so I've been Shemitah? keeping. I've, I've Maybe been ke- this could be tied to Shemitah, Jake. Well, I have. I've got to. Um, <laughs> I've got to expand our Alex Jones segment, Josh, and I think that um, we're going to have to open up a whole. I think we got to open up a whole new segment, and it's just going to be called Alternative Media Nonsense. So this is, I mean, I, I, I I, I have for so long, I I have a really, um, there's really not a ton of great podcasts out there. I mean, there are some good ones and I'll, I'll listen to Alex Jones for his guests and I'll obviously listen for it for this show. And, um, I'll pick up some other shows that I'll listen to and I'll talk to other people and find out, you know, people that have similar notions of freedom and open-mindedness like, like I do. And just say, you know, what do you listen to? What kind of podcasts? And so I'll check some of those out. And I got I got friends of mine that um, that referred me over to um, some people. And you and I have talked about him before, Clyde Lewis. And uh, I enjoy when he talks about aliens. It's kind of fascinating. He he knows his stuff in that little sector. But um, Clive kind of um, kind of overshot himself, Josh. So I think we might have to we might have to write a little white paper and, and let Clive understand how this kind of works. It might tie into that statement you just made. Mm. Uh, well, and I want to tell you, I mean, there are a lot of people that argue right now. I was reading about this today. There are a lot of people that are arguing that a form of singularity is already here. And uh, when, you know, what singularity is, it's what Kurzweil, uh, the guy, the postmodernist Kurzweil and others have said that, you know, if we reach a singularity, it means that the computer is gaining intelligence. It knows how to uh, work. It knows how to grow. It does it on its own. It doesn't need a human to help it. And in this case of the blockchain, or in this case of cryptocurrencies, uh, it seems that there is a symbiotic relationship now that's happening between the blockchain, which is an electronic ledger, and a network that's growing leaps and bounds every day, and human beings. Which makes us wonder if this blockchain, this program, is growing exponentially and if we're feeding it and it rewards us with the cryptocurrency so that it can continue to build itself. So what it is, is it's a master computer, like a DeepMind or Skynet or some other computer. I can only use those as the comparisons because of the fact of, you know, science fiction. But you can imagine there is this supercomputer right now that's continually building blocks and mining Bitcoin. Okay, so it keeps doing it all the time. And while people go out and they buy Bitcoin and you can buy it like now at a vending machine, if you want to go find some, if you look hard enough, you'll find it like an ATM type thing. It's true. But if you go in and you get Bitcoin, what that does is it gives permission for the other for the for the master computer to continue to build blocks in the the blockchain. Feeds the Skynet. And so you're feeding it and it feeds you. And you just keep feeding and feeding and feeding and feeding. So, you know, so is this computer thinking, well, I know how to get human beings to pay attention to me. Ominous music. They put money in. I build more ledger networks and I use those ledger networks and everything that goes on with computer programming. And I give back money in the form of cryptocurrency. So they benefit from me, I benefit from, from them. 
They feed me, I feed them, and it's a symbiotic relationship. And if it continues, then why would we want to continue the same economic platform that we're in now when the blockchain is having a good relationship with human beings right now? Because they're feeding it and it's feeding them. Triple eight six seven three thirty seven hundred. Warning! Warning! Bullshit alert! Come on, man. What do you think? That's not bad, right? I can actually confirm that that's true. Yes, Jake. That we are feeding a world supercomputer that will <laughs> enslave us all. You feed it with your bits, Jake. Every time. Why do you have that food dispenser sitting next to you, Jake? What are you doing with that? Feeding the intelligent AI singularity mark of the beast. I don't know. That's beautiful, isn't it? I I don't know how you amalgamate all those topics and and kind of throw it into this um, metaphor that's not even remotely close to what's happening. Now I know where it's coming from, though, because, well, I shouldn't say that, because you did play a very similar clip from a gentleman on the Alex Jones show uh, a little yep. while back. Mm-hmm. At some yep, point we were going to put blockchains on us, man. We blockchains got, I got, I got, I got, a, I, I got, a, I got to clip that. We got to make, yeah, we got to clip that. Yeah, but I, because I recall, I recall hearing that episode, and now hearing Clive Lewis whipping people up into a frenzy, saying it, this supercomputer AI uh, Nexus is already here. Of course, it's here in Bitcoin, Jake. It's not. It's not in the bowels of DARPA or Google. Or no, no. Any of these quantum computers? These no. Pseudo private institutions. Uh, the the three quantum computers: one at USC, the other one at Google headquarters, and the E-Wave. one up in the one. Yeah, E Wave. What is it? is the D Wave? Right? E Wave. Yeah, I think yeah. it's in Montreal, isn't it? Yeah. There, no, there's three of them. There's one in Montreal, one at USC, yeah. and then one at Google headquarters. I think in Arizona. And they and they oh, that, that's the that's the clip where the guy claimed that they could reach into parallel dimensions and uh, and grab the resources and they were already doing it. But he says it in passing. He's like, mm-hmm. we can access other dimensions and get their resources. We're already doing it, but we might be able to. I was like, wait a minute, what? You're already doing very, this. <laughs> it's a very esoteric kind of conversation. Him talking about standing next to it and feeling it like yep. a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. This is is a little unsettling. I think because we, I don't know. May, maybe he's maybe he's just saying, trying to play devil's advocate that he, we're mining different universes, as in we can simulate so many different outcomes in this machine that we are now pulling other data from it. But that hmm. still seems suspect. I don't know. All right. Well, speaking with the D wave, we got. Um, you ever heard of this guy named Doctor Pachago? Have you ever heard of him? I haven't, but before we go on to Dr. Pachago, uh-huh. have you heard Jake people parroting this meme, the meme of uh, the uh, the living AI blockchain uh, around in alternative media circles? I've heard it appear, I mean, on, uh, I don't listen to a lot of content, but I've heard it enough. I've heard people talk about, I've heard people that aren't very... it appears very... in the comment section of every yep. somewhat Comments. Bitcoin-related... Yep. Article yep. mm-hmm. every day, and some people like to use it as an argument, like it's something that's um, that's something that's new that they thought up. It's like, well, what if it's like a supercomputer that I'm like, no, I don't think you really understand how it works. So, no, you're you're, conf- you're confusing a uh, feeding in an intelligent supercomputer with uh, human incentivization. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think yeah, your motives may be reversed. 
No, the mining the mining networks are sentient though, Jake. Can't you feel the life pulsing? Yeah, off my three TX graphics cards 1060s. right here. Yeah, my MSI my MSI ten sixties right here. I can feel them. I'm pulsating. How do you have that in the same uh, house as your children? It's Jake? probably sending all my data back to the NSA right now. Probably you're, sending you're out everything. Using your daughters as data food, Jake. Well, that's because they're being simulated. That's because they're being simulated by the graphics cards. So. <laughs> So, all right, so this Dr. Pashago guy claims to be a time traveler, and he showed up on, um, I, get, I need a jingle for this, I guess, alternative, we'll, we'll have to think of a good segment. Guys, email us or uh, find me on Twitter, we are not cattle number one. Uh, we, need a, we need a title for this segment. Does like, he know John Titer? That's the real question. <laughs> That's how he proves he's legit, if they waved past one another on their journeys. Okay, so since we're already going to the John Titer memes, here we go. So Dr. Pashago claims to be a time traveler when he was a child. Now he was on um, he was on Hagman and Hagman, and for some reason Hagman and Hagman had um, oh the guy that you um, oh gosh, I cannot remember his name right now. Anyway, I'll play it and then we could Steve Quayle had Steve Quayle on, and then Steve Quayle brings Dr. Pashago on. And the interest so he's gonna tell you about how the mind wipe works. When he was uh, in this super secret uh, jump program, is what they called it. This guy actually ran for president. I did some digging on him. It's pretty fascinating. But um, here we go. First clip, and then I'm gonna hit you with a second one. You gotta. You might have a chance to win an SDR here in a minute. Did you undergo, obviously, and again, ladies and gentlemen, I want to share something. Dr. Bajago is a a uh, <laughs> he's a believer in Jesus, and I I, I really. That's good. That's uh, prayed good. about, Lord, is this the time to reveal this? And I have. And uh, Dr. Pichago, I apologize for, for I, I don't know, when I get a pronunciation in my mind, I stick with it until, you know, a year later, but I, I'll try and hit it right. Uh, I, 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 the timing of this program, Doug and Joe, and everyone listening, is so critical. I, I don't have the answers to, you know, I only have the answers to that which which is revealed. But I want to share this. One week ago, I got a call, Andrew, from a from basically one of the guys that was one of the first, uh, if you will, in the, the the space command who was on Mars, and he was on Mars as a warrior fighting stuff there. And he talked about having his mind wiped. My other friend, formerly with the NSA, talked about having his mind wiped, and then. Uh, obviously, the MIBs, Men in Black, even with the Spielberg presentation, always there was always, if you will, the presentation of mind wipe. Do you find that you recall things now? Was that ever done to you, number one? And are you recalling things, different times that are coming back to you? Well, in terms of my time travel experiences in the early 70s, there was an attempt made when I left the project at the end of the summer of 1972 to suppress my memories by essentially via torture. Basically, I had a tremendous headache, a kind of a, just an evacuating, terrible headache induced while I was being spoken to in a kind of a hypnotic voice that this is what will happen. You'll have a terrible headache like this when you recall what you did in the project. But through force of will, basically through soul force and reliance on Almighty God, I, I defeated that. I, I, and therefore, I brought forward through the balance of you know, the rest of my life to this point memories of my time travel experiences. But then, 10 years later, after serving from 1980 to 84 and going to Mars from 81 to 84 in the Mars Jump Room program, 
they were utilizing a reverse-engineered American version of the Soviet LIDA machine. It's L-I-D-A. It's a, an acronym for a, a, a Soviet term for that device. And they were very effectively pressing or blocking our memories without using torture, but rather with using the not the electronic dissolution of memory, but simply the electronic blocking of memory. So I only ended up recovering my Mars visitation memories when I was approached by my fellow jumpers, William Brett Stillings, Bernard Mendez, and William Whitecrow, who had also served with me back in the day when I was a child. He was actually my martial arts instructor when I was time traveling for DARPA in the early 70s. So had it not been uh, for the connectivity of the Internet and the ability to reach out to others and contact them after decades of not being in touch with them, I don't think any of the four of us would have remembered with the certainty and the clarity that we now have what happened in, in the Mars program. But I'm absolutely certain, based on our hundreds of hours of discussions together, that we are not deluding each other because we have verified very esoteric facts and, um, and shared them with each other and, got, and used each other to get around those memory blocks. So these guys are extremely dangerous in the alternative media. I get so... Steve Quayle and the Christian Apocalyptos to me are extremely dangerous because they will suck you in because what they say sounds sounds nice, sounds quaint, and then they bring in somebody that's probably an operative. Sounds, <laughs> and they sell sounds, it to you. Sounds that like his, a bad 80s movie, man. And it, it sounds and, and they sell the credibility that, you know, the, the, he tries to add instant credibility by telling you he's a Christian right up front. You, do you remember that '90s TV show? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it called? Wasn't it called Jumpers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Leapers. Slide, no, it was sliders. 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 And then um, Ryan Felipe <laughs> did a movie called Jumpers. Oh, interesting. So here's the other. I gotta have one other part of this clip. That was a really long one. I probably should have set that up a little better. That was. Um, oh no, no no no! It it was it was fine. The interesting thing to me about it though, Jake, is mm-hmm. he's talking about all these dates that match up very succinctly with well-known CIA and army projects no, stop. into psychological research. Yeah. Uh, so I, whether here's my thing, it's either that he's a complete charlatan mm-hmm. who's just researched this stuff on his own mm-hmm. and is constructing this narrative based around some other actual events to yep. maybe make it sound more plausible. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he is telling the truth and his friends are telling the truth, but these guys were simply the, uh, the products of, you know, horrific uh, hypnotic experimentation over many years. And these are just uh, delusions at this point, but which, they share the same delusions. Which is interesting. He and his four sliders. Which is interesting that you bring that up because he talks about, you know, they would they would do it through torture. So it doesn't really go into the torture, but yeah, you can, you can torture somebody into pretty much believing whatever you want as far as... And, you know what? A, especially if you have him as kids, because that's when he claims that he was doing this is when he was a child. Well, that that's one of the other things, though, is that I I don't know if I've ever come across uh, false memories being mm-hmm. implanted necessarily. Mm-hmm. They were doing the CIA and DOD were doing a lot of research into the human mind in mm-hmm. pretty depraved ways from pretty much the '40s on through, but the '80s were an interesting time just because. Parapsychology, I don't know if a lot of people know this, and I didn't know it before I started researching some of these clowns like Bob and Roe. Oh, yeah. Parapsychology 
was an active field of study. You get a master's degree in parapsychology up through around the mid to late 70s. Well, uh, Duke, Uni- Duke University had an entire parapsychology lab. So, But once, once uh, that was kind of displayed to be hokum, mm-hmm. the, the, the army started doing a lot of this research on their own. And that's when the men who stare goats and stuff like that came in with stubble buying and stuff, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. But even in some of the more extreme cases, you hear a lot about yep. split personalities. You hear yep. a lot about hypnosis for programmed assassins. You mm-hmm. don't hear much about completely falsely implanted memories. Yeah, that's true. They're very true. Okay, I so maybe it's possible, and I just don't know. Yeah, well, let's uh, go ahead and solidify his credibility here. That anybody who does time travel to the past has whatever effect they can in the past present. So it's impossible to change the, the events that go on there from the perspective of history, because time is linear. See, I have a really big problem with that. I am going. I like to... this movie. Uh. <laughs> I would watch it. It would be better than the Last Jedi. <laughs> I gotta say, no, man. I don't think time is linear. I think all time happens oh, all the I time. Thought, I thought you. I thought you were going to say it, you would disagree that it would be a better movie than The Last Jedi. No, this would no, this would definitely be a better movie. Hold on a second. That anybody who does time travel to the past has whatever effect they can in the past present. So it's impossible to change the, the, the events that go on there from the perspective of history. Because time is linear. Time is not linear. And because the causal effects you have are already embedded in the event. In that sense, you can only go back in time to fulfill what history knows you did, okay? All right, I'm not going to play any more of this guy, but he claims that uh, he claims that he saw um, a digital report. Here it is. I'll just let it go. I'll just let it go. I'll skip ahead. Discredit Christian faith by yeah. attacks on believers. Here you go. Okay, so not all. We, can't, we cannot um, try to discredit Christian faith by attacks on believers. I've got the IQ to analyze this, and I've determined is revealed truth, and that Jesus is our Savior. Did he just say he but has the IQ? Re- yeah, hey, here, here goes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rewind it a little bit. Here you go. And being, I'll leave it to people's own sense of faith and conscience to determine whether or not he was the Son of God and our Savior, as I have accepted, and I'm not hiding that fact. And I'm a, I'm a believer. He oh. was the Son of God and our Savior, as I have accepted. And I'm not hiding that fact that I'm a, I'm a believer with an IQ of 168. Okay, so not all we can we cannot um, try to discredit Christian faith by attacks on believers. I've got the IQ to analyze this, and I've determined is revealed truth, and that Jesus is our Savior. Well, thank God, thank but God, we got somebody with a high IQ that did it. Learned of it from my oh father. My I did. All right, so that's it. I'm done with this guy. But Jake, and- you. Oh God! See, I'm telling you, we have got to we have got to monitor the alternative media, Josh. Nobody's going to do it, and nobody's going to call these jamokes out for saying something as outlandish as that. Are you serious? I've got it. Listen, people, I've got an IQ that's really high, and I think that Jesus was a son of God. So there you go. So everybody, come with me. We got it. Proof positive. Proof positive. I'm, I'm convinced. Interesting. Wow. Man, this is. Have you ever seen? There's a, a short a YouTube series called History's Liars, and it's by a comedy troupe called Million Dollar Extreme. Mm-mm. But it basically thumbs its nose at it. Tried they try to make a fake ancient aliens type show where they interview. The premise is the guys actually put out 
a, a Craigslist, series of Craigslist ads mm-hmm. asking for people with inside information for a conspiracy-related TV show. Mm-hmm. And they just recorded the people that came. <laughs> and these these people that showed up are what I imagine this guy to be. <laughs> Completely insane. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Here we go. So I think it's time, Josh. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to play the game, the one that made Josh Wiley famous, the Alex Jones NLP Game Show. The reason that this show exists is because Alex Jones was my first foyer into being, I guess, awoken, awaked, whatever you want to call it. That means a whole different term now than what it did when when I was first woken up. So Get woke. Get woke, yeah, everyone. But anyway, we've got some uh, clips from the Alex Jones Show. We're going to see if Josh Wiley wants to win some money. So here you go. Let me go to my folder here. I wish I had an assistant. The assistant could just hand me the folder. That'd be great. Okay, so here we go, Josh. We have... um, We got the Alex... Oh, no. Almost deleted the folder. Okay, I got one chance for you to win some SDRs, or we can um, you can choose the Alex Jones agrees with Lindsey Graham. Oh, I that's too juicy. Give it to me. I want to hear how Alex and Lindsey are now buddies. I published a big article by Ron Paul yesterday on Infowars.com, calling for backing down from North Korea and pointing out that our sanctions mainly just hurt their people. And I showed that because this is a complex issue. I agree with Ron Paul to a great extent. But North Korea has broken all its previous deals, is menacing its neighbors, and it could just let its people have a little bit of economic freedom, and they'd be like South Korea, one of the wealthiest countries on earth. It's the same people. They're smart. They're hardworking. They're focused. They're great mathematicians. The list goes on and on. And... They are under a suffocating evil regime of a little demonic, inbred, third-generation dictator who is threatening everybody and who is starting fights and who is kidnapping people from Japan and China and the U.S. and all of this. It's out of control. Trump didn't start this. We didn't start this. The communist Chinese invaded Korea. And that's where all this came from. And we're still at war with them, and this is one of the biggest trigger points in the world right now, and it's a very serious situation. And people out there that say it isn't, yeah, me, they are, uh, just because this has been going on since 1950, yeah, and we've had a ceasefire since 53. <coughs> it's coming to a head. Mm, nope. And you, no, you, uh, you hear the statements. In fact, we have the statement from Graham, mm-hmm. Lindsey Graham. That's I don't know good. If I now let's play. Uh, this is, the guy wants the, gla- the, the, the guy wants the glass parking lot every country in the world, as long as he gets a piece of the contract. Well, hey, I mean, it would make a hell of an amusement park, Jake. It would. Here you go. Graham talking about how this is going to war, and that's the military's been told. Anytime, get ready, Josh. Did you know this? The military's been told anytime, get ready. Here, here we go. Get ready for what, Josh? Get ready. Here it comes. This is the inside inside baseball. Get ready to run. And they basically have South Korean and U.S. military that have agreed to suicide missions. This is not a secret, by the way. North Korea knows this. We have military and others that have agreed to suicide missions. <coughs> that means more than a 50% likelihood you won't make it out to go in and kill him. So uh, Trump is, you know, really, I think, just 
changing course because the other course hasn't worked. Ron Paul says, are they really a sponsor of terror? And he says they aren't. They're not. And then he gives the reasons why we shouldn't go to war with them and why it's bad. No, they are sponsors of terror in the oh. Middle East. They've been caught doing it. Alex, but we I are. I understand we, we shouldn't escalate this, but they shouldn't either. It's a two-way street. Here's Senator Graham. Yeah. We so have to escalate before they escalate. That's it. right. We have to respond to their escalations. Otherwise, then this will keep escalating. It's, it's a peaceful initiation of force. There's there's a clause in the non-aggression principle that that allows for this. He's such a he's such a good libertarian. He even talks about how he's libertarian. So I'll give you that one. That was good, Josh. Oh man. Well, all right. So you only got um you only got well, one. We we, we got to talk about that. First. Oh hold on hold on. All right all right all right. Can't go back to the intro music. All right go ahead. What now? I could be mistaken about this, but I have watched several documentaries and read quite a few articles which of course makes me an expert on north korea well it would uh, in alternative media you would be an expert and if you wrote one that got re, uh, retweeted by somebody I'm, you would be i'm a, going i'm gonna submit my art or my uh, my resume to buzzfeed very shortly because i think i'm at least buzzfeed caliber on north korea at this point maybe not vice level but no. i'm getting there I don't believe that North Koreans have at least been caught kidnapping Japanese citizens. I have not seen that either. Since the 70s or the 80s. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it was a big deal back then. A variety, just like little PT boats cruising across the Sea of Japan into these little towns and grabbing people. Yep. They were like 20 or 40 or something like that. See, these are the facts that only an expert knows. But I, I don't know. <laughs> that's, one, that's, that's ancient news. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why Alex is so hung up on it. But I don't. I don't think many Americans even know about like the history of even South Korea. Mm -mm. Just that. Oh, that's the good one. I mean, do do people know that South Korea is like a military junta until like the mid to late eighties? Yeah. It's just a military dictatorship run by America. Yep. <laughs> but that's all right, Josh. Listen. You know, but there, there's there's no reason why there would be animosity between those two countries. Alex has got some products to say. Oh, that's it's it. just because they're evil. All right, so here we go. We got all right. So we got. I, I found my other clip. I found my other clip. So you have a choice between winning some. Um, you could you could win some SDRs, and or I had it in the wrong. Uh, I had it in the wrong podcast folder. Oh no, where'd it go? Now it's gone again. Windows, you, you're you're not a, you're not a, oh here it is okay uh, or you I can get them for free. all right so, so you can even you could either get SDRs oh my gosh I gotta turn this volume down I'm killing my pegging here all right there we go good lord sorry people it's been some uh, bumpy road but we're gonna get through it so you got uh, you got a chance to win some SDRs or you can go for the ultimate segue. Which would you prefer? Ooh, give me that segue. You want the segue? All right, saving the SDRs for last. I like it. The machines are taking over. The globalists are taking over. The programming is to the television. We're all being hit with fluoride and GMO. We're all getting killed here. And I'm sick of it. Wake up and take action and fight back with what God gave us through Mother Nature. We got a bunch of specials that are ending today. The caveman bone broth. <laughs> Yes, sir. Well done, Alex. You get a round of applause for that one. What do you oh, think, Josh? Not bad, right? That was uh, that was very abrupt. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like it's a formula at this point. 
Oh, almost like it gets you ripped up into a fervor and does something to you? No, come on. That sounds like a conspiracy theory. All right, Bill Cooper had it right in the 1970s, people. Go listen to that interview, what he thinks about Alex Jones. Okay, Josh. In the 90s. Oh, the 90s. <coughs> oh, that's right, in the 90s. In the 70s, it would have been a little premature Al- for Alex. Alex Jones was still Bill Hicks in the 70s. <laughs> that's true. Okay, so now you have a chance to win your SDRs. Are you ready for your question? I've been ready since Bill Hicks and Alex Jones switched places. Okay, Alex Jones... Alex Jones is going to make some profit on his uh, new pharmaceutical. How much profit is he going to make? 20%, or 110%, 120%, excuse me. Well, it's actually 100%, Jake, because he marks it up 100%, but he gives you the 20% discount. No, that's not how he does it, is it? No. Most supplement companies mark things up four to seven times. We mark it up 140% at retail, and we never sell at retail. We're always at least 20% off. Sometimes we go 50, and people responded. But these aren't games where we raise prices, and then we lower prices. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I got to hear that again. So this is not a game when he raises prices and then lowers them. Listen. But these aren't games where we raise prices, and then we lower prices. Well, that's, I'm really glad that that's not a game where you uh, you mark it up 140% and then give me 20% off. Isn't that nice? That's great of you, Alex. Fantastic. Sometimes he'll even a go as far as 50. has got to eat, Jake. So Josh won his SDRs today. I can't believe it. Well, congratulations, Josh. You're up to, um, you're up to 53 SDRs now. I don't know what you're going to buy with that. You might be able to buy some Dogecoin or something. The only part I care about is the 10% yuan waiting, Jake. Because obviously, you know, once AC Chain takes over the world, that'll be with some real coin. Oh, it was a good, it was a good an episode, everyone. So, hallelujah, amen. So, uh, we'll give you, I'll give you a little spacer. I'll give you a little spacer. There is, uh, there is better ways to use the government's money. Did you know this? We've been taking calls and social messages about obscene sky drawings seen near Okanagan County today. We're deliberately not showing you those drawings because they're offensive. So we called the FAA and the Navy to find out if they knew anything about them. And we just learned from the Navy the aircraft that did this are based at the Naval Air Station in Whidbey Island in western Washington. The Navy statement says the Navy holds its air crew to the highest standards and we find this absolutely unacceptable of zero training value, and we are holding the crew accountable, unquote. Hey, well, at least there's no training value. I think that there's high training value in drawing a giant penis in the middle of the sky. I think that the Air Force definitely isn't a, uh, a child welfare program for giant man babies so long as they stay fit. It's a fitness welfare program, Jake. That's what it is. <laughs> the military? Oh, that's interesting. So I've got um, I got a couple of other clips for us here. I've got um, a Russell Brand clip, and I think that might be it. What we got now? Let's see. What, yeah, we did the Pachago stuff. Did it? Yep. The Zhivago stuff was great. It was better than the movie. <coughs> it was. Better. Should we just end it? Was should we just end it there then? Uh, no, uh, this is something. This is something. Slider starring Doctor Zhivago, Bajago, or whatever his name is. Guys, go yeah, look him up. Just Zhivago inter- is way funnier. Inter- entertain yourself and go look him up. He ran for president, um, saying that he was going to release all this secretive technology so we could just um, basically portal jump from one room to another or uh, well, one he, pl- destination to another. 
he, Catherine Austin Fitz, and Clyde Lewis should team up, take back this country. Well, they might be able it, to save it from the Bitcoin AI. By I was about going to back in time to 2009 and destroying the Martian. No, uh, you got to destroy it. the blockchain before it builds on itself. That's well, that was Martian be. technology, Jake. That's the thing. You didn't know this until Doctor Zhivago told you. <laughs> He has an IQ of 168. Jake. You believe me? Who are you, who are you to disagree with him? Gosh, and that was an that was an What's old your power level, Jake. That was an old con man trick too. Is where he says, "Believe me." Oh, come on! All right, here we go. Russell Brand on the Joe Rogan podcast. Just something interesting, I guess we can close the show with. Yeah, that's right. Every so often, like because it's like pleasure laden and orgy. I mean, that's the point yeah. of it. I mean, there's flesh everywhere. It's there's bits of it that are brilliant. I was noting. Hold on a minute. This isn't working. And yeah. This is a thing that I thought would really, really work. You know, like sometimes the the great gift of promiscuity is you get to experience all the intimacy with all of these strangers, and it seems exciting. And the type of sexuality that I've always had is more about worship than any kind of domination. Uh. I adore. I adore. You know, so it's not about like I want to control you so like but like you know so all these wonderful experiences and encounters but within it this kind of ongoing seam of loneliness unignorable and also this is the thing when you get the things your culture tells you you should be doing and you experience them now you know now you know you can stop chasing the carrot because you've had a bite out of it and it's like oh minute bullshit like you know not and it's a hard one to learn because anything that's got an orgasm at the end of it you know there's a degree of pleasure to be had yeah. but it takes it takes a while to recognize oh, what this is the emotional cost on me the spiritual cost on other people the fact it's preventing me from becoming a father from becoming a husband from settling from becoming rooted from becoming actually whole from becoming a man from becoming connected you know, it takes a while to spot that i think a lot of people don't get the opportunity to break out that pattern i would never have spotted it had i not first been a heroin addict and gone hold on a minute you're doing that thing again same with fame and celebrity well toxic well toxic exciting and brilliant and loads of lovely people in there and i still like you know i might make another film i don't know what will happen but like it's because i'd had the template and the experiences of oh this is addiction you're expecting this thing to make you feel better now what's happening is i am as a baseline disabused of the idea that the material world will give me anything that it will ever fulfill me that i am responsible for my own connection and that my role here is to serve other people and help them in about if my objective in life is well, what can i do to augment myself to make myself better i don't you know even you know self-improvement i agree with all of that i agree with it entirely it's a brilliant brilliant thing and it's necessary i think but like in order that I may be of service yeah. to others rather than because then I'll just look great in this armchair. Yeah, wanking. the self-improvement is about being better at what fulfills you the most, which is almost always establishing community. So That's right. So there's moments of brilliance in the ether, everyone, in the alternative media, because that to me, as it started out with him discussing how he became aware that these experiences that he was having weren't fulfilling him and what was going to fulfill him was building community and trust and he goes into when when he talks earlier he really does he and joe both understand the the non-aggression principle obviously alex does unless it's uh, north korea but um you know it, it was just really something that i thought we needed to share because sometimes we get caught up in the and the negativity of what goes on here in the in the world, and uh, and sometimes you have to understand that the liberty community for what it was back in the day and what it is now, I know they're very different. But um, 
it's always good when you align yourself with people and you can help other people. And something that Josh and I talked about before, um, before we did the show tonight and while we hadn't, uh, gosh, while we hadn't done a show in a while is, um, there are a lot of things that come to your forefront once you've had kids and gotten a little bit older and, you know, Josh has gotten a little bit older as well. And we both matured in different ways, but all very similarly. And it's, to understand that activism in the sense of going out and trying to talk to somebody really doesn't work. And I know it's really sad to say that, but waving flags and handing out pamphlets doesn't really work. You have to get somebody to change the way that they think, the way that they perceive things, the way that the way that they can deprogram themselves and, you know, teach them the trivium method, understand like have them make rational discussions with you and if they won't or they can't then then you're in a different place and you can't you can't help that person and it's really sad but the best you can do is is show them how to live by living the principles that you believe in and i think that that's one thing that uh that i've taken to heart over the last 6 months and uh, the reason i haven't done a show is because i haven't been motivated to do a show because i've been sick and had other things on my mind but now it's time for for us to take a step forward and, and to do things with our lives that have meaning and have sustenance. And this show to me is one of those. So I had to do one. I don't know why, but uh, Josh, any other thoughts? Oh, that's a great clip. Uh, Russell Brand has some good one-liners. He but does. It's always, yeah, it's always good to, I mean, it's unfortunate that he channels that that feeling of oneness into collective efforts. Yep. Uh, but at the very least, if you can bridge the gap with people where the sentiment exists, mm-hmm. then you can at least start some kind of a meaningful dialogue or a leading by example. This is the frustrating part of, about the world, as it's, or at least American politics as it stands today. Sure. Just that both sides are imbued now with, uh, with uh, a love of federalism. <laughs> and... You, I don't know how you broach that topic. I could, I could talk to a socialist or, uh, you know, uh, 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 an anarcho or a syndicalist. Yeah. You know, all day long or left anarchist. Yep. Because fundamentally, we could share, we could come to some common principles, mm-hmm. and we could both agree on hyper localism, mm-hmm. or even state, even like uh, maybe not a, the state system as it presently exists, uh, but, uh, you know, the, uh, something more regional. Right. 50, 50 districts mm-hmm. of America. And we could have a conversation about those being different experiment, all, all different experiments. As it should have been and as it was set out to be. Uh, exactly. But we, we don't have that impetus on either side, whether it's well-meaning or it's angry at this point. No, it just it went from being the United States of America to America. It's now America. That's what we are. We're America. It's like... No, we're actually a bunch of little individual states that should have the right to do whatever they want as long as it doesn't violate certain principles, which is called the Constitution. So, yeah, it's it's kind of frustrating, but I understand where your viewpoint is, and it's, it's, really, it's really tough to have those conversations because you're exactly right. It's, uh, we, are, we are infested with federalism, and people have this notion that you can just change things I think that was the funny thing that I had, is that I thought that I could just change. You, you could just change it. We could just look. We just all got to agree, and we'll just change this. 
Yeah, we'll do it at the federal level. It's no big deal. Yeah, just ask the people that have been fighting marijuana prohibition for the past 30 years. People like Robert Platchorn that I interviewed. I mean, people like that, just unbelievable. It's it's not going to it's not going to happen unless something like Josh says unless we go to a, a localized community where you where you have direct input to the to the laws that directly will impact you rather than some giant state you know forcing its will upon you from hundreds of miles away in a city state nonetheless unbelievable and, yeah and it's, it's like even if you want to take kind of more of a nuanced approach or more. Uh, you know, traditional uh, approach to states' rights. Just look at modern legislative history. States' rights have given you the ability to conceal carry a weapon with no license or registration. Mm -hmm. They've given you recreational and medical cannabis. If you expect these kind of things out of the federal government, then that's that's laughable. Now, of course, you know, I don't agree with a lot of the taxation around no recreational cannabis but at the same time it ensures that the black market continues to exist so the dance would continue just on a more just on a smaller scale at a more local level and i always appreciate that more than uh than a federalized overreach well markets are always a um a a uh, a good thing right unless you're ross then they're kind of not a good thing yeah then then you're uh then you're in federal penitentiary for the rest of your life how long? How long did he get? A thirty year yeah. in life? Yeah, he got thirty to life, I think. Ugh. For running a marketplace, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna run a a free market system on the internet, and then I'm gonna put my computer on a public Wi-Fi. Whoops. You can't do that. <laughs> Whoops. Well, I think Ross made the. Not the char- not an identical mistake to Charlie Shrem, because Charlie Shrem admitted it. But you know, Ross thought that he could uh, he could be done with wash his hands of it after he handed off that account. But they just pinned it all on him. At least that's that seems to be the pervading thesis at this time among like the dissenting opinion from the court. But I hope there's I hope there's some kind of justice for people like that. Oh well. Uh, anyway, there's no justice at all, man. Oh, Very come on. Nah. No, come on, man. We got Jeff Sessions. Life's good, man. Everything's great. <laughs> well, that's it for the show, everybody. Thanks for listening. Remember, you know, share the podcast with people you know, people you love, people you like. Uh, thanks to my buddy Josh Wiley for joining us on the show. Uh, peace, love, and liberty. And we'll see you, I don't know, when we feel like it. You deserve your freedom. Yeah.